0: These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, collars and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. We are coming to you live from the Georgia Radio Reading Service in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Will, try that again. We are not live. This is
0: ridiculous. Uh, How are you still having this problem? This isn't even a joke. People are asking us. Mm. I think I want it to be live, (laughs) and I imagine the earbuds that my dulcet tones... (laughs) <laughs> are wafting through. <laughs> yep. And I like to think of that happening in the moment, because I'm a Meisner-trained actor. Yep. <laughs> Dol- yep. wafting it. wafting, Meisner. Meisner. Yes, yeah,
2: these words. <laughs> you did yeah. just learn, like, 15 yeah, vocabulary words at yeah. one I'm time. writing them down. I'm using
0: these. On the way here from George's house, I saw that next to this building is a Dr. Hammer. I just wonder what practice Doctor mm-hmm. Hammer <laughs>
1: wouldn't he be doing those reflex tests like, when they hit your knee with a hammer? <laughs>
0: Doctor Hammer, the sports therapist. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. You... I like them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you heard of Nurse Screwdriver?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, T.J. No, yeah, she... it's,
2: yeah. It's his nurse.
0: Works with Doctor Hammer. Yeah.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Doctor Hammer, mm-hmm. Nurse Screwdriver.
0: Did you, did you,
2: are you having a stroke yeah <laughs> i am do we I need am. to call dr hammer I yeah i just drank a double shot of espresso starbucks and i'm just wow this is taking control of me so <laughs> whatever you. comes out just fly with it
0: i am so excited yeah, for this i'm ready uh, i know
2: i'm like meeting it for the first time so <laughs> wow wow Let's go. Let's go. I've never seen you so alert. I know.
0: Cinderella Cinderella turns into a pumpkin. TJ has espresso and turns into what? A cracker. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I heard that nursery rhyme. George, tell us about Cinderella. You got to see a show, right? Yeah, I got to take my
1: niece, Bella, to see Cinderella on stage recently, the Roger Hammerstein.
3: Oh. And
1: Alex, you and I got a chance to talk about this before we went to see the play Mm -hmm. because I absolutely loved the Whitney Houston brandy version yes. of this movie and you did too. I'm a big dork with this play because when I was seven I was actually in it and so I thought that was one of the reasons it would be special to take her and that for years I waited for Whitney to make that movie. Mm. She was supposed to make it when she was young enough to be Cinderella but it took so long to make it she oh. became old and had to become the fair godmother.
3: I so, never knew that. Yeah, hmm.
1: yeah. I like the story. I've seen the play. I've been in the play. I've watched a movie. So I took Bella. We enjoyed it and we watched She thought it was really great. And she's never seen musical or theater Mm -hmm. like that before. She just really enjoyed it. She loved the dancing and the costumes. But there was a weird twist I was (laughs) not expecting. And I interviewed Bella afterwards. And I thought I'd play for you guys the interview and then we can discuss the twist. And what we think of it. Because I do not remember this in any
0: previous version. I cannot wait to hear this interview. How old is Bella? Bella is 6 or 11 or something. I don't know. She okay. lives clear across it's Town somewhere. Somewhere in the range. range. Yeah. yeah,
1: 15. Yeah, she's yeah. Like 6.
0: <laughs> <laughs> somewhere oh. between birth and marriage. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: She can't drive. I know that. Okay. <laughs> what did you think of the prince? I liked him. He seemed
0: nice?
1: Yeah.
0: Did I didn't think any prince would
1: be like that. Oh, so he's a very nice prince. Yeah. At the end of the movie, the prince decided to bring democracy into the kingdom. What did you think about the prince deciding to bring democracy into the kingdom?
2: It sounded good.
1: Yeah, you think it's better to have a prime minister than a principality?
3: Yeah.
1: Who would you have voted for? Would you have voted for the guy who was his assistant or the other man? Who would you have voted for in that election?
0: Um, I will choose the princess.
1: You would have voted for Cinderella in the election?
0: Yeah.
1: Do you think it was a little ridiculous that no woman was nominated in that election? Yeah. Should Cinderella or one of her sisters have been nominated?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd refer to it as a movie because she did, but mm-hmm. knowing that it's a play, uh-huh, mm-hmm. the twist was that the prince found Cinderella, she put on the glass slipper, It fit, they decide they're going to get married. And then he's like, but I'm not going to rule. We should make this a democracy and have elections. And then he nominated the evil assistant that was the bad guy in the whole play. And this other guy who is a soapbox revolutionary, oh, <laughs> oh, the soapbox revolutionary commoner, one prime minister, mm-hmm. he happened to be the love interest of one of the stepsisters. What? I've thought about this. At the end of this play, Cinderella is outranked by her stepsister, who's the prime minister's wife, and Cinderella <laughs> is now just an honorary princess figurehead. Yeah, she's like a Pippa Middleton. <laughs> this is new, right? This did not used to be about democracy.
3: I don't remember the <laughs> lay miz. And- Elements crossing over into the Cinderella story that is a new revelation although I'm not going to lie the activist in me is like yes give me democracy and Cinderella mm-hmm. teach these children yeah. how to vote yes.
0: I don't remember in the original grim fairy tale mm-hmm. <laughs> a call for socialist democracy yeah. <laughs> Or Mm. an election. Also, I like that you said that Cinderella basically becomes a
3: figurehead. Yeah. Effectively. She's not queen or anything like she used to. Michelle Obama has always said that you can affect more change from outside of your position. Like if you're an influencer, that's what all these kids are doing now. That's how the fire Festival started. Fair
1: enough.
0: (laughs) Cinderella's an influencer.
3: Exactly.
1: I I guess Meghan Markle has more influence than Theresa May's husband. Exactly. (laughs) Mm True. But. I really felt like Bella hit the nail on the head when she's like, I would have voted for Cinderella. And in Cinderella's own play, mm. neither she nor any other woman was nominated. She was Ryan her in. Ryan Candid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Cinderella. Yeah. What if Cinderella had wanted to be prime exactly. minister?
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: She's a feminist, too. You're going to put a twist of democracy. I think mm. it should end with Cinderella being the prime minister, not yeah. some mm. yahoo. Exactly. All I'm saying
0: it's effectively like Jej won
1: <laughs> in this version. <laughs> Essentially, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Even in our fantastical social commentary rewrite mm-hmm. of a classic Rodgers and Hammerstein tale, we're still not okay with a woman being president. Not even
3: nominated. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's ridiculous. Considered mm-hmm. even
1: if she's the title character.
3: Can we write Kamala Harris about this? Yes, Yes. uh, one of them, Elizabeth Warren, one of them. You know what? We're going to write all the female candidates letters and
1: say, this is what happened in Cinderella, and you have to put this on your platform.
0: And this is not just about this generation. This Mm -hmm. is about future generations who are going to vote like Bella. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Do you think Bella got the right message from that? She believes that
1: the moral of the story was to show us what old movies used to look like. So I'm going to say no.
3: Mm -hmm. Now Bella's always going to think that this is some sort of archaic form of love. Bella's not even going to recognize the beauty that is Cinderella like our generation did, the millennials. Gen Z or whatever Bella is, is going to go out here and just be like, this story meant nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's not carrying on the lineage that is Cinderella. Wow. We've
0: ruined it. Alexandria reminded me that a lot of people like to criticize millennials, mm-hmm. of which we are. I've accepted that I'm that, even though I think I'm on the older end of that. Yep. And yeah. I'm not a, what's underneath us, the people that can't look away from their phones? Yeah, you're older. Gen Z. Yeah, I'm not a Gen Z. <laughs> None yeah. of us are Gen Z, right? We're all millennials? Yeah, yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, th- I'm not. You're an ass yeah I'm neither. It's really strange. Gen X stops in
1: 79, and the millennial generation begins in 82. Uh, I was born in 80, so there's this weird pocket. where. Uh, is this the wonder year? We don't belong into anything.
0: We're, <laughs> we're the no generation. You're like someone whose birthday is on February. The leap year. Yeah, the leap year. Like, mm. <laughs> I,
1: we're, we're the <laughs> leap year generation. I'm
0: actually only 10, pushing 40.
3: Right. <laughs> but, hate um, those people.
0: How do you guys feel about a new segment where we defend millennials?
3: Oh, yeah. that sounds good.
0: Does that sound too angry?
3: Mm-hmm. No, I'm here for it. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, folks, if you've got an idea for what we could defend about being millennials, because most of you probably are, <laughs> or you sired mm-hmm. one, and <laughs> therefore listen to this show. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's a way
0: to put
2: it. <laughs>
0: You're an older generation. Those, those are yeah. two
2: demographics. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Our age are people that created us. Then write it. I said funniest people I know at gmail.com. Also, we've been dreaming. It's spring. Mm -hmm. There's love in the air. Keep going. Alexandria got married. Oh. I'm about to get married. Oh. George has been married. Oh. And TJ will never marry. Yeah. Ooh. The Banana Republic manager is has been waiting on you. I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm fine. I wish you love and happiness. But Thank TJ, you. believe it or not, we had someone write in. Oh. After last week's dream interpretation. Oh. We never know why they want your opinion on anything. Beats I, me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. George, what do we got? I got a
1: message from someone. Okay. Who would like for you you to interpret a recurring dream that they have is this oh. the dillerson's again no, this isn't the dillerson's this is a woman named natalia oh natalia hey, natalia. Okay. Yeah, natalia said lately i've had a recurring dream that i'm attending a funeral i don't recognize any of the other guests but notice none of them are sad when i go up to say my last goodbyes i realize it's me in the casket What does this mean? Am I going to die? Yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm looking... Wait, you just told Natalia she's going to die? No. No, 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 no.
2: (laughs) I'm just processing funerals... Is not <laughs> uh, one moment. Did You check the index. Uh, yeah, oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I just found a glossary, and it's okay. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Thank you. Support. Why does it just in RFR? Anyway, okay. So I'm, I'm going to throw away the book because I never find what I'm looking for in mm-hmm. there. I'm about to give up on it. So she's at a funeral, and she, she's in the casket. That was the gist. Okay. She's at the funeral, she doesn't
1: recognize any of the guests. No. Okay. No one is sad. Right. She goes to the casket Uh and it's her in the casket. And it's a recurring dream.
2: Natalia, Natalia, Natalia. What's a great name? Natalia. And think uh It could be the fear of death, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. maybe, okay. uh, and a fear of the unknown, you know, unknown faces, oh, and okay. fear of coffins. I don't, yeah, <laughs> so
3: lots of fears, Funerals. fear yeah, coffins, and
2: social gatherings.
1: Natalia is a basket case, <sighs> exactly. and that's what her dreams are trying to tell. her? Mm-hmm. She's afraid of everything. Yeah, what can Natalia do to make this recurring dream go away? How can she
2: conquer these fears? Natalia, you, I am talking to you directly. Hello, you should go to a funeral. Be there and see how it goes down, and I think you'll be more comfortable with death. Actually, is
3: this a random funeral just a <laughs> <spectral? Yeah>. yes. <laughs> yes
2: funeral just, crashing actually okay oh my gosh okay. so I've for like a period of my time mm-hmm. in my life I wanted to go to like random funerals it was just weird you know have you ever wanted to do that no. did you do this no because I couldn't find one really I don't know <laughs> I think they're, this happened so quickly
1: they list yeah. them in the paper <laughs> they,
3: they have so, so many found ways. It.
0: What? they have facilities called funeral homes uh huh yes whose sole purpose I mean I don't know
3: they're really accessible yeah, yeah just go anywhere Funeral home
1: at 7 p.m. Do you yeah.
2: want to go to a funeral? No. That at we all. don't know? I'm good. Oh. I, I think it'd be fun. so
1: badly yeah. want you to go to a stranger's funeral. Yes. Now. Well, you can put the fun in funeral. You yes. Know? yes. Exactly. <laughs> this is happening. Right. Let's do if, it. If you have died
0: recently and would like yeah. for TJ to come to your funeral, <laughs> please email <laughs> us. Funniest people, people I know at gmail.com. I do think that we are too uncomfortable mm-hmm. with death. True. Mm-hmm. Let's yes. go into this more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a great subject my friend actually took a class on death that they offered in college and she was like you know what I feel so much more comfortable about death what and did they teach I, you about death they just taught him about the cremation pro- I don't know I didn't really ask questions I was just like yeah that's great but I think they just taught him about Cremation and burial mm. process, and
0: I don't know. It was Boy Scouts. They just taught them how yeah, to light a fire. Exactly. <laughs> Probably.
2: <laughs> I really should have asked more. About it wasn't a college class. She yeah. just killed a bug once. Exactly. In class. <laughs> I don't remember. What Wait,
3: but goodness, she had though. to come to town. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, we need about- to call her because she needs to. She's better at telling this than I am.
0: Clearly. Yeah. T- yeah. This is a real point that we're mm. so uncomfortable with death. We spend I mean, a fortune on it. We keep people alive perhaps longer than mm-hmm. is necessary. It's something that I think TJ is going to really tackle. Yes. By reporting live. At funerals. From a funeral. Not inappropriate at all. No, no. 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 People love that. <laughs> yeah. People love
2: for strange men to attend their funerals.
0: TJ, yep. do you want to be buried, cremated? Cremated. And then what? Do you I'm want sure. your ashes scattered mm-hmm. somewhere? Oh,
2: yes. Along the Cliffs of Mordor. Just, like, totally <laughs> into the wind and, and just, like, blowing. Ireland's nice, so. Yeah. I mean, how about <laughs> somewhere you've actually been, like, the express lane
0: of public? Uh, Gross. <laughs> i think sweep sleep it up. Not just people die, but often relationships die. Sometimes when we find a beloved icon, mm-hmm. be it musical, be it someone from the movies, be it a love story, a celebrity love story... Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Well, I was riding my bike. I was riding through the park, mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I was riding a very small bike mm-hmm. because I have this little folding bike that fits in my Honda Civic. It's not a, <laughs> I'm <laughs> loving the details. Of it's not way. a difficult bike to ride. And I'll be honest, I haven't been exercising as much as I wish I would have. And I'm going up what is a very moderately steep hill, hardly any incline. And as I'm riding up this tiny hill on my tiny bike I look across the field and I see these women in this crossfit, very intense aerobic exercise and someone with a Britney mic is screaming (laughs) at them when they're lifting heavy things and I am on this tiny hill on a tiny bike and I'm out of breath. Mm -hmm. Right at that moment Mm -hmm. as I look and see these women and I think, wow, I'm less than I happen to be listening to Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. Mm. That is such a mood. And the lyric and all my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity. Aww. <laughs> and you, I thought, yeah. I'm so mediocre <laughs> oh, in no. this moment, right? No. Now, I was out there. I was riding my bike. It's fine. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. But this struck me as really funny. So the next thing, I'm a deranged person laughing on my tiny clown bike <laughs> in the park next to the CrossFit ladies. Oh, and I'm looking at them, and they're looking back at me like, oh, God, this is why we don't do this in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That got me thinking about Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an iconic breakup. I have some theories as mm. to what happened. Oh, so you don't know? I No, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I've done a little bit of research, and then I also wrote a scene where I imagine mm-hmm. what happened... The last time they sang together.
3: Oh. Ooh. Wait, who was singing? What?
0: Simon and Garfunkel? Oh, Simon, Oh, I thought you meant
2: the old ladies. They were exercising. I thought they were also singing. Okay. Well, no, and they also were...
3: named Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean,
2: I don't e. know. There's I don't a know. lot of
3: coincidences. I don't know.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm here now.
0: <laughs> All <of> the women <laughs> were named either Simon or Garfunkel.
2: <laughs> I love this group. And <laughs> they exercise together? Yes. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that. I thought they all died too in your story. I don't know. Like, you didn't see them again, so they could have been like ghosts.
3: The women? Yeah. Uh, CJ.
2: Yeah, Yeah. 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 CJ. You're like TJ.
3: TJ. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, that's all man, right. All right. I've lost all credibility. A couple months. Have you two met?
2: <laughs> uh, hello, oh, <laughs> nice to meet you. That <laughs> statement
1: was
0: so stupid. Her brain immediately tried to forget him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? I don't. I don't know why I heard that. So I did a little research. Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. met in elementary school in Queens, New York, in 1953. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, really? Mm. They broke up. In 1970, Mm -hmm. due to an extremely rocky relationship. I have a theory about what happened. They didn't get along, okay? Mm. I think it was Garfunkel's fault. Which one was he? There's two of them. One is short. That's mm-hmm. Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. And the other one looks like Beaker from The Muppet. He sure he does. does. Yeah. He's uh, fro. Yeah. Tall, he lanky. Mm-hmm. He's got a red, puffy fro. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. just unlikable. Uh-huh. From the onset. In the album, Paul Simon is just this cool dude with a hat with his guitar. And Garfunkel is the lanky guy peering over him. Mm-hmm. You know how tall people, to make sure people feel like they're less than, will put their chin on top of their heads? <laughs> How condescending can you be, Art Garfunkel? <gasps> <What? laughs> he did that? The, the cover of the album. Oh. I need to meet these
3: tall people you speak <laughs> yeah, to.
0: There's no way Paul Simon liked that. And, you know, Garfunkel was the one on top. So when you mm-hmm. hear them singing, oh. Garfunkel <laughs> has the high-pitched voice. He's kind of the tenor. Okay. And Paul Simon was sort of a nice alto bottom? baritone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Sure, he was on bottom. <laughs> Garfunkel smoked cigarettes. He smoked mm-hmm. pot. He was just kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Some we, people who smoke cigarettes and pot are nice people. That's you know that, are
3: we associating these characteristics with mm. those tendencies?
0: No, but neither of you are professional singers. Mm. Mm. Placing your chin
1: on someone's head in a photo, that's obnoxious. But smoking cigarettes, I don't think, is a
0: sign that you're a jerk.
1: Just that you have bad breath.
0: I think <laughs> nowadays, if you smoke cigarettes, you've missed something. Or you didn't go to class. Or mm. <laughs> you're addicted to nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> I went to school, and that was a big message. Was it not for you guys? Everybody was told not to smoke, but some mm. people were cool. Well, yeah. not everyone was cool, George. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my I don't know why I'm defending smokers
0: right now. Well, I don't think it's so much the fact that he smoked mm-hmm. or was doing the grass. He was doing it while they were trying to record. Mm-hmm. He would show up to concerts messed up. It's not so much the acts. It's when he would do it that evidently mm-hmm. ticked off Paul Simon. What I gather on my limited research on Wikipedia this afternoon. Okay, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So okay. Garfunkel so far is just really unprofessional. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a jerk. So I'm going to share this with you. TJ. Yes. I would like you to Mm. read garfunkel oh will you do that yes please we're gonna start the sketch now again folks this is a rough draft writer's workshop something i imagine happened the last album they recorded together was bridge over troubled water Mm. Mm -hmm.
2: garfunkel garfunkel
0: it's a great album album, but that song was one of the last things they ever recorded together george you want to read stage directions sure
1: garfunkel paul simon awaits a very late Garfunkel in the recording studio practicing bridge over troubled water. Garfunkel enters in a huff. When you're weary,
2: feeling small. I'm ready. Let's take it from the top. You're late, Art. Again. Well, I'm here now. Let's make music. When you're rearing, feeling small. You're tiny. Maybe you should sing, feeling small?
0: Enough! I can't harmonize with someone who doesn't respect me. Here we go again. You're too sensitive. I mean it, Art. You're two hours late and you stink of bourbon. I'm an artist. Don't take life so seriously. You're not allowed to smoke in here. You make a living with your voice, for God's sake. Cuckoo, you Paul! Th- <laughs> I'm the heart. Of- <laughs> I'm the heart of this band, and everyone knows it. Lie, lie, Lila lie, 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 lie. You're nothing, you two-bit tenor. I have the voice of an angel. You have the voice of a prepubescent <laughs> choir boy.
1: <laughs> hey, sorry to interrupt, but you
0: only have the studio till four. We haven't recorded anything. Thank you, Ted. Let's put our personal differences aside and focus on the work. Works for me. Oh, when times get rough and friends just can't be found, I come
2: bridge over troubled water.
0: I (laughs) will lay Cut, cut, cut. How dare you (laughs) blow smoke in my face while I'm singing, Art? That is so rude. You were under pitch. I did you a favor from the top, please. That's it. I'm done. Simon and Garfunkel is officially disbanded. Goodbye, Art. Hold on now. You just need a break. Can we get some coffee in here, please? I don't want a coffee. Relax, Paul. You aren't thinking clearly. Actually, Art, I'm seeing things clearly for the first time in my life. I'm going solo. We're through. That's hilarious. Simon is nothing without Garfunkel. You arrogant jerk. I wrote every single one of our hits. Wrong! My poems became some of our best lyrics. Your poems suck! I only throw in a phrase every now and then to placate you. My poems are beautiful. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. That's not a lyric art. It's a grocery <laughs> list.
2: <laughs> I hate you.
0: I hate you! And that's all I got. Ah. Oh. I think that that's probably that what was, happened. Yeah. That
1: sounds like you put a tape recorder in the mm-hmm. room. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. So Especially I, the Parsley Sage
1: Rosemary and Time. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that song. I do not get that line. Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: You can look up lyrics, too, and it doesn't help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You know,
0: sometimes you look up the lyrics of the song, you go, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Not in this case. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. After they broke up, Simon had a great career as a solo artist. He was beloved, he won a lot of Grammys. Garfunkel didn't do quite so well. Mm. Well, that's, uh, well, you know. Garfunkel wrote a book of poems. Oh, I bet it was great. Yeah. Garfunkel recorded a solo album, and without Paul underneath, it just sounds kind of hollow and weird, mm. like a cry for help.
2: Yeah, Garfunkel's yeah. lyrics and Paul's music.
0: No one really cared for his solo albums. Garfunkel, Simon did great. Garfunkel didn't. Yeah, well, and so Garfunkel tried to be an actor. Yeah. Didn't really work out (laughs) that Mm way. Yeah. And then he wrote a book of poems in 1989 (laughs) called Stillwater Uh that I would like to share with you. Would you like to hear a poem from Mm -hmm. Art Garfunkel? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well after he broke up with Simon. Mm. Then I'll change my look to butterscotch, to russet, roan, and apricot, and tie a checkered ascot shot with gold and auburn thread. I'll wear a terracotta tan and carrot-topped in gingery, a toasted almond man I'll be, an ochre in my head. Not brown, but burnt, <laughs> sienna suede, my winter coat, the warm-up kind, not down, but plainly made and lined with iron rust instead. And I'll not come too close to red, but stay the orange side and think that once I read pink, beauty in her blushing cheek, and now she's dead. What the hell are you going on about?
2: He sounds like the worst person, actually.
1: That sounds like an acid
0: trip. Mm -hmm. Bad college poetry. I think (laughs) he was just writing about his hair.
1: Mm. (laughs) Oh, I thought Mm. he was talking about shopping at Marshalls.
0: Uh, The Mm. whole poem is Mm. just different ways to say orange. Mm. Um. And then for a minute, maybe a woman who's dead, so... Anyways, um, <laughs> and also the yeah, dead lady. I, I think it was at a nursing home because they have
2: butterscotch there. You know, the old people they carry around oh, in their I pockets. Do. So, mm, that could what also be. you going on about? I don't, know. I don't know. Am I Art Gumfuckle at heart? Maybe. I don't know. I think Maybe you I asked
1: know. him to read <laughs> the role of Garfunkel, and now he's taken personal offense to everything you've said as what? if he no, is. Not all.
2: No, I don't <laughs> hear that at all. I dare you to make another call like that sir,
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well, and there's one more fact I want to share about Garfunkel, because after the poems didn't work, after the solo album didn't work, he paired up with Amy Grant <laughs> yes and with a British boys choir, mm. released a Christmas album called "The Animals' Christmas," which tells the story of Christ from the animal's perspective, oh yeah. So I beautiful. mean, that's a uh, perspective. Yeah. This is real. It's available on Spotify called The Animal's Christmas. I'm going to play us out of this segment with a clip. And the creatures of the field Waited
2: in the silence of Gabriel's departing
1: And in the meadow middle- Still, but for the sound of a frightened fawn start, till the owl said ooh
0: Raised up a clamor so harsh and the owl said aloof, caused Cause, gentlemen. Well, it's pop culture
3: week. hmm. Some of us have very different references for our pop culture. Very much so. And I wanted to step into the pop culture segment ring and see things that were very popular for me growing up and see how they translated to the group. See who was familiar. My pick for movie night for us was ATL. Don't know if any of you guys are familiar with this movie. I love this movie. It stars T.I. Tip Harris, and Lauren London, they play Rashad and Nunu in this film. The film was released May 31st of 2006. And it was shortly before my 19th birthday, so I was in this coming of age period. Congra- <laughs> <Thank laughs> yeah, it was an accomplishment it was nice. a struggle mm-hmm. yeah, was coming so of hard. age is hard oh, you
0: that deserves a congratulations Thank yes you.
1: Um, I, yes good job tj going to come of age any day now. yeah <laughs>
3: we'll see we're all I'll waiting happen. Mm-hmm. i had to watch this movie again because it was a coming of age story right as i was coming of age in the world and it featured my favorite rapper at the time t.i was one of my celebrity boyfriends he is who we are following we are watching him experience his senior year of high school was he famous before the movie? Oh, my God. Yes. This was after his second album came ah. out. It starred T.I., Tip Harris, Lauren London. It was loosely based off of the experiences of Dallas Austin, who was a famous Atlanta-based producer, produced for TLC and a lot of other mm-hmm up-and-coming and and really popular 90s R&B hip-hop artist, and it was also loosely based off of the life of Tian, T-Boz, Wallace, girl, I'm so sorry, I know I messed up your last name, but T-Boz from TLC, they were friends in high school. When watching this movie, I had a whole memory lane visit. All the good memories came back. I really want to hear what you guys thought, because mm-hmm. I know everything for me over here was positive, positive. Oh, my God.
0: Before we get into our notes, I just want to bring up something you said to us when you chose this movie, mm-hmm. that you were living in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that and what this film meant to you as a kid? Yeah. And what you thought about Atlanta?
3: I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville is the most diverse city. Louisville, however, it's still overwhelmingly white, which not a bad thing at all. It's just when you are a young kid, no matter what your race or identity is, it's nice to be surrounded by lots of things that look like you, lots of things that positively reinforce what you are, what you represent, that didn't always happen for me at home. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I visited Atlanta on a field trip. And in hindsight, we were just visiting a lot of historically black areas within the city, but we were here for three days. I did not see one white person. (laughs) And that was (laughs) the first time in my life that had ever happened. Going three days, let alone like three minutes without seeing a white person, that was unheard of. In Louisville. In Louisville, like, in Louisville. That was like, that does not happen. So. So then you see this movie and what happens? And it just continued to reinforce to me that Atlanta was just all black. And <laughs> I don't even remember seeing a white person in the film. You know what? I do remember seeing white people. There was. A white family, Nunu's friends. Spoiler alert, when we find out Nunu isn't from the ghetto, she's not from the hood. She actually comes from a nice upper class family and she's pretending to be hood. So it's Atlanta in two
0: thousand. And six. Mm-hmm. Which was fun for me because I went, oh, there's the Marta. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, that it was cool to see the city then mm-hmm. and now. But this was an all black film, right? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. Culturally, there were some phrases that struck me as hilarious. Mm-hmm. There was Thirsty Trick.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. These are kids in high school. Mm hmm. It's a coming-of-age tale. I mean yeah. it's,
3: uh, it's holes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Ferris Bueller's Day Off might be... Okay. A, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: I mean, that's be, a good
0: comparison. Because it's, it's over the top. It's mm-hmm. in high school. We could all relate to Ferris on some level. <laughs> yeah. Right? So this was like the black Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. And it was funny. I
3: love it. Oh, okay.
0: Yes. So Thirsty Trick was good. I want to talk about Big Booty Judy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> At one point, we go to her party, but I don't think we ever meet Big Booty Judy, and I was disappointed.
3: ATL, like many black films, feature a lot of cameos of very popular figures for the black community. So this film did the same thing and it featured a lot of popular black figures, celebrities, video people of the time including the video girl who played Big Booty Judy, who was known as Buffy the Body. The film also featured Big Boy, Killer Mike, Bone Crusher, Jazzy Faith. Which one was Killer Mike? If you remember, there's a scene where Ant, who is played by Evan Ross, Diana Ross's son, he is T.I.'s little brother in the Mm -hmm. movie, who starts dealing drugs. He has this scene where there's a transaction, and he's talking to a guy in the car, and he's talking in a lot of Southern slang, and he's You'll play a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Going back, I'm like, was that Killer Mike? Bone Crusher was one of Big Boy's minions at the trap house. Right. Jazzy Faye was the DJ at the skating rink at Mm. Cascade.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about Cascade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of skating in Mm. this movie. I'd seen this movie when it came out, but I forgot how much it's about roller skating. Yeah. Mm. I get that that's real, but it definitely feels weird in the juxtaposition Mm. of ants deeper story and then it's (sighs) a roller skating rink i Mm. felt like it's an interesting balance
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, seeing it now
2: i realized
0: that that's a bit weird to me i remember in the 90s going to the Mm -hmm. roller rink me too did you go tj I don't want to talk about it.
2: <laughs> it's just a whole other story. So, Tra- traumatic,
0: yeah, clearly. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah, intimidating. I knew how to skate in a circle, but there were mm. kids who could do tricks. When Nunu skates backwards all of a sudden. Yeah.
3: Oh, I love that part.
0: Nunu's got moves. Yes. Yeah. She
3: was so cute when she started. She's like, ew, ew, yes.
0: At my rink, we would really just try and find enough quarters to buy another ring pop. <laughs> we were so not cool. I mean, the moves they do and some of those camera angles where they shoot mm-hmm. right between their legs and their skates over, you go, where was the camera guy?
3: Is a total thing. That was another thing that watching this movie I was just flooded with all the nostalgic memories. And in Louisville, there was champ skating ring every Sunday. My best friend Ashley would call me like, girl, we going to the skating ring? Lord knows I couldn't skate. I could do one, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. kind of drop it like it's hot, kind of wind <laughs> back up slowly. It was very arthritic and slow and <laughs> geriatric I'm and 16 so, years old. That. It was not cute. Grandma um, skating. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a total thing. Going to the skating rink and posting up and seeing all the cute guys. But in just to position words are not my thing this episode guys i do apologize <laughs> but in contrast we'll go with that word because i yeah, can yeah. say that to Ant's story and what's going on that's what black films do they get to the good-hearted warm moments but they gonna give you that real life lesson to let you know we still struggling out here <laughs> there's something going on it felt which like is ant not was... always the case mm-hmm. but yeah it felt like ant was in a different movie <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, like, like, that was um... a whole other story mm. other
1: than him if you haven't seen it, he's T.I.'s old brother, and mm-hmm. then he gets into drug dealing while everybody else is roller skating. <laughs> and the other big drama that happens in this movie, mm-hmm. other than the drug dealing brother and the shooting, is that Nunu was lying about being broke when she was really right. rich. Mm. And so it's a roller skating movie mm-hmm. where the biggest drama is about somebody telling a lie about being broke, mm-hmm. and in which they all overplayed that. It's mm-hmm. not that serious, you don't have to get that mad. Yeah. And, and then people were getting shot. It yes. was like, yeah. somebody was like, ooh, we need some depth, or no one is gonna <laughs> care about this movie.
3: There were mm-hmm. a lot of economic struggles. Mm-hmm. You have Ant, who's the drug dealer trying to make money for his family. You have Nunu, who is a rich black girl who who's lying to say she's poor to seem cool. Mm. But then there's also Esquire, who is the friend who works for the country club, but is trying Mm. to get into a good school. I love that he hustles the golfers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Shout out to... Jackie Long, who played him, I had the biggest crush on him two so could years you ago. not? Mm-hmm. Mean, it's all about Esquire. Okay, those teeth. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. They gave us skating. They gave us lighthearted. They made us feel good. All the phrases. I do have to call this phrase out. Her ass was fatter than a swamp possum in summer or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Still to this day. And
0: if we're quoting, I'd like to add, you open like a can of pig feet. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. I remember that. There's some classics. I'm really glad we got to watch the movie. TJ, did you have any thoughts on ATL? Yeah, no, I'm so glad to have seen
2: a movie literally called ATL. Yes, it was great. It was good. Mm-hmm. TI is mm-hmm. awesome. Did uh, it make you feel anything specific? No, not really. What <sighs> surprised you? There was like a roller rink. I'm still trying to like remember what happened in the movie because when did we watch it? The other night? Yeah, yeah it was like just recently. a week oh, ago. Oh, yeah.
0: I think you need to start listening to the show. Yeah,
2: exactly. I got it.
3: <laughs> or to yourself. Yeah. To yeah. Us.
2: I feel like I zoned out. Be present. I, mean, <laughs> I can't do movies at night well, sometimes. Maybe, maybe, the yeah. sh-
0: maybe the show for you can be an exercise in it's being in the moment. Z- I think,
2: what was it, a Friday? I've been up since 6 a.m., I think, that day, too. I think I just like, zoned out. Unlike um, the rest of us yeah, who yeah, woke up it. at 6
0: p.m. Good job. <laughs> TJ, what movie was meaningful to you as you were a kid? Oh, don't run into thinking. I'm going to count to three. You give me the first movie that pops into your head that meant I, something. Three, having... two, one. Oklahoma.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
2: I don't know. I think it was just my first musical movie that I watched, and those songs have has always been in my head. Mm. What's your favorite song? Oh, what a beautiful morning.
0: Can you sing a few bars? Oh,
2: what a beautiful. <clears throat> nope. <laughs> is that our is that Garfunkel nope. in here? <laughs> no.
3: I love that yeah. you your like you're pictures. putting your yep.
2: fingers on your throat like you're yeah. I'm just like trying to massage my oh. throat. I'm just like, get, no. get there, get there. No, I thought ATL was really cool, and i like to see TI more and stuff.
3: But was it- TI incredibly sexy to you in- oh, at that time? Oh my goodness, yes. 18-year-old Alex was in. Infatuated. I mean, I literally would sit in the back of a car for five minutes and have pretend conversations <laughs> to the point that my friends were willing and ready to just kick me out of a moving car. With T.I.? Or my phone, whichever one came first. I was that <laughs> incredibly annoying. I thought he was so cute, which is so funny because here we are 10 years later, no, 13 years later, and I can't stand T.I. I follow mm-hmm. him on social media and he's like fake woke and he has like black frame glasses mm-hmm. and he's an this he's annoying and he's incredibly smaller than me that also (laughs) kills my attraction he's short he's very tiny i've got a ti story oh when
0: i started teaching sketch comedy here Mm -hmm. in atlanta we shared a wall with ti he rented oh. out the studio space right next to where I was teaching comedy wow someone would read their sketch out loud and go oh, I wrote a sketch about Mary Poppins it's a parody and all of a sudden we'd hear doom doom, mm. doom doom yes you know? and I would get so mad I saw I'd bang on the wall quiet down T.I. we're <laughs> trying to read a sketch about Mary Poppins don't you know these
3: introverts need a place to express themselves
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have
3: time for your bass and your 808 <laughs> yes
0: well folks thank you again this brings us to the end of another episode of the funniest people i know shout out to these guys who come here every week with really funny material thank you
3: for having me
0: and getting together and also producer jane we love you we couldn't do this without you folks thank you tell a friend about the show and we we want to thank you again for tuning in have yourself a hilarious week